Welcome to the Zert Coffee and Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bartagone, and on today's episode, I have with me in the studio, Kate Stinson. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. When you told me that you were coming into town to visit, I figured what better time to have a podcast about the most unprepared person <laughs> That I, I would say the most underprepared. Just well, I would slightly less than desirable. Slightly less, a Not little bit. Not prepared at all. Not prepared <laughs> at all. Um, and you know, we'll get into into the history and and whatnot and and how we met and whatnot. But you you know you listened to my podcast and I, I think you reached out to me and you were like, I listened to your podcast and now I'm freaking out because I feel like. I am not prepared for anything. Is that is that about sum it up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's something that you don't really, until you start hearing that dialogue or you go out of your way to find that dialogue, it's not in your immediate thought process. So, yeah, sure, we see a lot with firearms, which is a, a pretty regular, I think, conversation in terms of are you prepared to defend yourself in that aspect? But defending yourself can mean more than just physical harm. It's also situational harm. And I think a lot of people forget that. Right. And now you are in the great state of Texas, Indeed. which firearms, this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> As we, we put this out there on, uh, on a live video the other day, and I kept using this is the way. And uh, in Texas, I think that's just, it's part of life. Um, so obviously, Texas has a lot of opportunity for um, firearms as far as mm -hmm. training and uh, seeking out training, taking different types of training. Uh, I know of a few ranges out there that have the ability um. to. Oh, we're hitting mics. I have that have the ability to um, do pistol training, mm -hmm. uh, fifty to hundred yards, and then there are ranges out there that extend way out there, five six hundred yards for precision rifle. Um, and then I know of a range, and I believe it's right near you in Houston and it's a range that I'm hoping to work with very soon in uh, which um, you could do vehicle stuff. You can do a bunch of different stuff. So when it comes to being a prepared person, when it, it relates to firearms, there is no short, no shortage of possibilities in Texas, Absolutely. but you know, and I don't, and, and just to kind of play off of what you said, it, you know, we think about, being a prepared person or a survivalist and you talk about firearms, but that is not solely what we're, what we're providing insight about knowledge with like, we're, we're providing, we want to, we want to make sure that there's awareness around all of that, what it means to be prepared. Um, you know, for example, like when I travel, um, most times I travel with a firearm, but it's more than that. Like I have a pocket knife. I have, you know, I carry a notepad and a pen with me. I carry a tourniquet with me. Um, I carry a flashlight with me. And even when I don't carry a firearm because I may be going to a state that doesn't allow me to, like I always have a fire or a flashlight on me. And so many times, like I've gone through TSA and you see, you see like the, the TSA guys being like, oh yeah, I carry that flashlight or, you know, oh, it's, mm -hmm. it, you know, you carry a flashlight. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Why would you not? Right. You know, and it just goes down to that. Um, so let me ask you a question. Do you, do you have a flashlight? I don't. You don't even have a flashlight. I know. And that's, that's the thing though. I think that, 
you know, in that concept of what you were saying, the, the episode specifically that I was listening to, um, you guys were talking about go bags and right. okay, so what is in your go bag? And if that fails, do you have a backup go bag for that go bag? And you know, so that that rabbit hole of there are never ending scenarios that are very realistic to happen that you don't think about happening. So yes, in, in the realm of, of firearms and having a backup for firearms, that's like one hundredth of the not say more likely, but just as plausible situations that you could be in. So I, I think that emphasizing that conversation and what you guys are doing here um, is a much less talked about dialogue in the majority than than it should be for sure. Right. And, you know, and, and in some past episodes, and I think I think that episode about the go bags we talk about, and uh, you know, you may not see this so much in Texas, but there are some of those states, I think, I can't remember where it was, but the Midwest got slammed with snow. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were stranded in their vehicles, and they were stranded there for overnight. And it's like, you know, in my truck, if you lift up the back seat, there is... Th- there is a bag, a get home bag. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a secondary bag in there, I believe at this point, but there's also a blanket. There's also, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's probably some other stuff down there that you could utilize in that situation, but it just goes to the, like, do you have a, a blanket in your car? Right. You know, are there, do you carry spare batteries? Um, do you, do you have a pair of gloves? Um, you know, in Texas, you don't have to worry that much about, seasonality and, and weather mm-hmm. um you know not cold weather but you know you're up here freezing at 45 degrees <laughs> and i was like well do you what it, well it's funny you say that <laughs> because literally two years ago we just had that big freeze that was in oh, Texas, right. and a lot of people are underprepared like not oh, even yeah. just in the sense of supplies but you know our harm homes are built for it there's a right. lot of things that we're not what is the word i'm looking for not weatherized is it weatherized prepared we're not prepared we're for, not for prepared. cold <laughs> for cold weather so you know in that concept that's the perfect example of a lot of those families that lost power that didn't they had no way of functioning in their homes because their homes weren't set up for that type of thing having that supplies would have been helpful but you know what's even more surprising and i don't know if it's just surprising funny or sad the state of texas as a whole Mm -hmm. government wasn't prepared. Yeah. And I've seen that before that I believe it was, it was down South. It was somewhere, I think it was in Georgia Mm -hmm. and it goes back to like 2014 or 2015, but they got slammed with a whopping like inch and a half of like wet rain slash ice. Sleet. Sleet. Stuff. Shut down the state was shut down Mm -hmm. they didn't have plows right they didn't have sand trucks salt they had nothing Mm -hmm. um so there is a that's a government right Right. a state-run government Mm -hmm. that doesn't even understand what it means to be prepared you take somebody from from the northeast who experiences seasonality and they're like what do you mean it's cold why are you crying right like (laughs) what what huh yeah like you know no, move aside. I, I'll tell you a funny story about Texas. I was there in 2000 and I don't know, maybe it was 2016, probably right around 16. Um, and I was working for a firearms, a, manu- a manufacturer in the firearms industry, and we were at a show mm-hmm. and we were in Fort Worth and snow happened 
in Fort Worth. And it was the end of the show and everybody was freaking out because like you had to get to the airport. Yeah. Um, I remember when my, and I don't think this was an, I don't think Uber was around at this point. It might've, or it wasn't as popular or maybe it was, I don't know. The driver showed up and he was in a minivan and the dude got out, took my bag, comes around and I'm like, buddy, do you know how to drive in this? Cause if you don't, I will. I'll drive. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, he gave me the whole, yeah, no, no, no problem. No problem. And I wasn't flying out of Dallas, Fort Worth. I was flying out of love, which oh, okay. is a little bit further away. Yeah. And this dude, again, the highway is like where, where there's lanes, you have the tracks of the snow, but there's no plow trucks coming. So now you have this like, slight little mound of ice slush in between the the lanes this dude's driving like he is in a tank (laughs) and he has no just no not a care in the world and as we're continuing to drive because it's still doing weather outside i'm looking at him kind of leaning as he's trying to peer through the one section of his windshield that hasn't iced over gotcha so the windshield wiper has just started to get ice. Right. Oh man, I'll tell you, when I got out of that airport, I or when I got out of that car at the airport, I I kissed the ground. I was so happy to be yeah. alive. And I was I looked at the dude, I was like, hey, pro tip. And I grabbed his windshield wiper and I picked it up and I slammed it down on his windshield, which cracked all of the ice. And I was right. like, now you can use it and see where you're going. Right. But you know, you 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 know, situations like that and again we're i know we're talking about an, an entire different or an, i guess a whole nother level of being prepared mm-hmm. but just something like that like prepared for weather right. um in texas i guess you know you do see some of that weather so yeah well maybe. i think a big part of it too is we're a very prideful state i love my state i love texas we but know. we are a very prideful state right and we we like to think that we've got everything under the control. And I think when you have that overall mentality across the board as a state, you don't really come into many situations where you're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe I don't know as much as I think that I know. Um, when the, the Texas way is to be, you know, no, right. no one can take us, you know, right. that kind well, of thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when it comes to Texas, like there are some things that you guys are completely prepared about yes. and that's barbecue um <laughs> and i love myself some texas barbecue can't wait to get back down there and experience some of it um but you know when my goal is it's it's some of the like you who listen to the podcast and really started to question like oh shit am i am i a prepared individual you know um i don't i i don't know do you you consider yourself open to the idea of, of, of learning more about being a survivalist? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think everyone should, um, once that door kind of opens, it's kind of like when you start Googling things on the internet and then you just never stop Googling things on the internet. You're like, Oh shit, I need all the answers. Um, but it kind of opens this door of this paranoia where now that you know that you're unprepared, you can't just ignore that. So not taking the proactive steps to be learning about it. Um, I think would be the really naive thing to do. And I, I think that being able to even just have outlets like this where you can just sit and listen to people talk about their experience and stuff like that is great. But if you're not, it's kind of that same concept with firearms. You can sit there and look at it and it can be great and you can have it, but if you don't know how to use it, then it's pointless. Right. So you can sit there and listen to a podcast and yes, I'm sure you'll pick up some great things, but if you're not physically getting out there and doing the hands-on work, 
it's right. irrelevant. So if, if you had to sit here and, and kind of describe this as being the, you know, the, the entry into your journey of understanding what it means to be a prepared individual and, and kind of how to have a prepared mindset, where, w- where would you start? And before you answer it, let me just kind of throw a comma with the understanding that you will likely encounter a medical situation that comes up prior to anything else. I mean, do you, I, I know, I, I believe you have a, a rifle. I do. I do. Okay. Two. Mm-hmm. All right. Two rifles. Two more. Who knows? And um, are, are we, are we ready for pistols yet or yeah. carrying pistols and getting some training? Okay, good. Um, I mean, but would you, where would you start as somebody who is just kind of peeling back the, the initial layer? Um, well, I think also pinpointing where you are the most. So for example, when you say medical situation, I'm a hermit, I don't leave home very often. So obviously that would be my my starting point in terms of location, but then me being a motorcycle rider too, I spend a lot of my time in a much, not in a car, not in something that has a lot of storage. So right. kind of trying to figure out, okay, what would I need in my sidearm bag, you know, that I can be prepared even for the basic of the basic if I need to be, on the road when I don't have a full vehicle to have completely full um, because I ride my motorcycle more than I ride my car or drive my car, honestly. So I guess pinpointing the the high activity, high traffic parts of, of my life and then adapting that to, okay, if we're looking at this from a medical perspective, whatever that may be, do I have what I need to be able to handle that situation? Right. So, you know, when, when we speak of everyday carry, and I talk about this a lot, I've talked about this with other people that I've had on the show, you know, I, I don't, I don't like the whole Batman look. I'm wearing mm-hmm. a utility belt. You know, right. I, I like to be very kind of incognito. Well, kind of. Yes. Um, you know, there's the gray man, but we use the Z man. And I, I have a few things, obviously, that I carry on me every single day. And then I have the other things within arm's reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bring up riding the motorcycle. Um, and that's a that's a great point. Like, you know, I don't have the things that I have in my truck mm-hmm. in my bike. Right. Um, I have I have the ability to store some of those in there, and I and I kind of will now that we're at the riding season, and you know we have a little bit um, more time on the bike. But you know that's why I do carry some stuff on me. But you bring bring up a good point with you know with what you ride. You, you don't have the ability to carry a lot, and I don't know if you you know you attach a bag on top of it, but it's it's an important thing because in some previous episodes we talked about the get home bag right you know should my car break down on the side of the road how can i get home now mind you if your car breaks down or you, let's say you get into an accident and you, you may be a little bit better off than right. than the motorcycle um so you have to play into that but that goes to the whole medical thing like if you're you know having that need to use medical supplies right off the bat and you don't have that you're screwed you're screwed and the irony is you're less protected on the bike than a car so you're more likely to get more damage on the bike than the car right and we've been driving this message home i hope we've been driving it home every episode and that is no one is coming to save you right you are your own first responder Mm -hmm. um and that that is whether it's medical whether it's 
fire, you have a fire extinguisher in your house, so yeah. you know why not have a medical bag? Um, and you know how to use the fire extinguisher, hopefully, and right. hopefully you know how to use the medic the medical bag as well. But and that also comes to your personal sa- or be, or comes down to your personal safety as well, whether it be a firearm, whether it be you know hand to hand training, um, knife training, whatever that case may be. But that's one of the things that you know we're trying to drive home. It's been what Zert has been about since kind of the beginning, and you know where they used the they used a metaphor and then obviously we've kind of driven that point home more now to just be prepared for any man-made or natural disaster. We're doing that even more with the podcast because we feel like it, it reaches a different audience on the, you know, on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, there can be, uh, heck there's over 320,000 people that follow the Zert Facebook page. And I don't know how many total are on Instagram and Twitter and the YouTube channel. Um, but you need to be in front of a screen right. for all that. Right. You know, with this podcast and making sure that, you know, the, the, the intro that we started off with, and I'll, I'll read it here in a second, but I'll make my point first, is this podcast, you can reach a lot more people a lot more conveniently. Right. Okay. You know. Throw headphones in while you're driving, or, or not while you're driving, but throw your headphones in while you're working, and you can listen to the podcast. Right. You don't have to look at the screen. You don't have to read a lot of words. Mm-hmm. It's literally just taking it all in. You know, the thing that I was saying is, you know, we started out with an intro, and it was, uh, you know, uh, obviously a, it was going to be a podcast um, a, about things, talking about things or I guess talking about anything and everything relating to what it means to be a prepared individual and a survivalist in today's day and age. Um, And we were going to focus on training realistic life scenarios and situations that you or your family could find yourselves in. And then obviously the gear and the training and the mindset that could just save your life. So we, we make sure to drive some of those points home every episode. We've talked about go bags, We've talked about a mindset. Um, we've talked about having a plan. And, and I think that those are some important pieces. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of get into a little bit about each one of those mm-hmm. in your situation and how you look at it. So, you know, you, you, you told me that you've listened to, I think you're mostly caught up yeah. on the episodes. One of the ones that we just did recently, obviously, was about medical, which is probably one of my favorite episodes because of the two guys that we had here. But... Um, it was coming off the heels of, of the actual medical class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it starts with mindset. Right. And I think you said something really important there when you were talking about, you know, with the podcast, it's reaching a different audience and you can be in front of a screen. I think a lot of it's generational too. You know, when you look at today's day and age, today's 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds, they're growing up in this world of convenience, you know, where we've we've grown very lazy as a society. And so nobody really everyone just thinks, oh, it's going to work out. You know, there, there's someone's got a plan somewhere. They'll figure right. it out. It's good. You saw that with covid. You, you see that with all these different things happening, how kind of just default compliant people are. They're just like, OK, sure. Tell me where to go and I'll go. Um, but back to what you had said about no one's coming to save you. I think a lot of the younger generation doesn't have that mindset because they're being taught you whine, you cry, somebody comes in and caters to what it is that you're feeling. Um, So this ideology to have, I need to have a plan because the realities of the world is no one's fixing this for you. 
it isn't as you know widespread across the younger generation versus the older generation so i think the older generation has that understanding of life before instagram and facebook and tiktok and and all this different shit so they were able to be prepared for the unknown versus now we have this sense of you open your phone you you have the internet you have everything that you need you're good but you also made a point in that episode i was talking about you may not have cell service you may not have internet right we the youth of today doesn't they're not prepared for that no they're not no they're not and 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 i i'm gonna go a step further where even even the the older generations i don't know that they're prepared for it i mean because everyone has defaulted back to this oh let me just check my phone right you know it's funny because the phones that we carry today literally take up no, no room, mm-hmm. but have eliminated so many things. Yes. If you wanted to listen to music, you co- you carried a Walkman right. or, or a CD player or a cassette player. You know, like if you wanted to um, find a new location, you had a navigation unit in your car. Right. Or before that, you went to TomTom or whatever it was, and you downloaded and printed out the directions yep. or somebody had to give them to you. Um I mean, I remember giving directions to people to come to my house and, you know, right on this street, left on this street. Um, But a compass, all of those things are now in one device. Mm -hmm. And think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. That device goes down. Yep. You're done. Yep. Yeah. Unless you understand what to do. Something else we've driven home every episode is... Training Trump's gear every single time. Absolutely. Having the ability to make fire without a lighter, Trump's using a lighter. lighter. Right. Now, with that being said, if I have a lighter, I'm gonna use it. Yes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy who's like, no, I have to make fire from a <laughs> you know I'm a manly man if uh, I make right. it with wood only. Exactly. So <laughs> I I'm not that guy, but I know how to use a ferro rod or I know how to, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not super bushcraft dude where mm-hmm. I'm using a bow and a string. We're not there yet. Yeah. I would love to be able to know how to do it, but mm-hmm. I can also buy a boatload of ferro rods and I have a knife. So, right. um, but you know, again, talking to some people, I was like, okay, listen, you get into a car wreck or your car dies on the side of the road. What are you going to do? Right. And your cell phone's gone. Well, I'm going to just go walk to the next person's house and knock on the door and ask to use the phone. Good luck with that. Yep. Good luck with that. Um, a, th- it's today's. Not letting you in. They're not letting you in. They're not answering their door because right. why? Nobody just shows up at people's house anymore. Right. They text you first. Especially at two o'clock in the morning. Right. It's raining outside in the dark. So. Right. So, you know, so understanding that, okay, if I'm in that situation and I have no way to communicate with, with someone, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Right. I know what I have in my car will get me to my house. If I am somewhere in between here, the HQ and the house, mm-hmm. I know that next week I'm driving up to um, New Hampshire for right. a training event. My go bag will, or I'm sorry, my get home bag mm-hmm. will change. I, I will have a bag in my truck that will get me from somewhere in between here in New Hampshire back to here or right. back to New Hampshire. Gotcha. Um, just to just to make sure that I'm prepared for that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to just carry a couple of band-aids and then that's it. Call it a day. One um, size fits all. Right. 
so you know understanding the the plan so for example i'm going to new hampshire next week it's going to be a three and a half hour drive my plan is to change what i have in my truck to get me home should i need to right absolutely so and i i don't think again I, I don't think people actively think about that and that's even just saying that like one size doesn't fit all and when you change your train when you change weather when you change your overall conditioning I think a lot of people, even if they have the bare minimum, they do have the first aid kit, which is, I mean, it's better to have something than nothing, but at the same time, they, there is very much a, I have blanketed my vehicle with X, Y, and Z, I'm good, you know? And um, we don't really think about, okay, well, you know, this setting might work, but this one doesn't. So right. you're just as screwed as you were Right, before. but we go back to that, well, your vehicle is no longer a, a set, uh, uh, Yeah, an asset. You know, yeah. um, so... that's part of the, you know, the mindset. And it's obviously it goes back to having a plan. Um, And so, you know, again, I I hope you listen to the podcast and now you're on the podcast and now you're getting (laughs) some of that. So I, I, my, my hope here is that at the end of this, you start kind of taking into some of those considerations, what, what needs to happen. So like, okay, well, I realize that I don't have a plan, um, you may have that mindset, you know, you went back to that, the, the age thing and uh, we kind of sideskip and went to having a plan, but the, the people, and we looked at the demographics of Zert of, mm-hmm. of all the members. And, and obviously this is a, a global community and we don't know 100% if those numbers are accurate because it's social media. Right. Um, and there may be people that aren't on social media, but the, the core group of members sat, I think between that. 25 and I think it was 45 okay. range. Yeah. So, you know, we, it tapered off at, you know, at older than that. And it was a very small number. It was actually only 4%, I think between 18 and 25. Right. Um, and I would love to reach out to those people and be like, well, why? Yeah. You know, what are you not interested in becoming a prepared individual and understanding what you need to, to what skill set you need to survive because you think you're just going to DoorDash it. Yep. Like, are you going to, Oh, I don't have this. Let me see if I can get an Uber driver to bring it to me. Exactly. You know, um, maybe you've said it before. I know I've heard it before. It was like, Oh, I'm just going to come to your house when, when, yeah, no, (laughs) I mean, if you can't make it to my house, well, right. The problem. Sure. Yeah. That's the problem, right? You need to make it to my house. Number one, number two, are you bringing anything to the party? Because if not, you're just taking right. Up you're just exactly. Yeah. You're just taking up resources. So uh, you may not need to bring something physically to the party, but you need to bring a skill set to the yep. party. Yep. You know, we joke about all the time, like who would be on your apocalypse team? Like at the, you know, who would you want? And I used to, we used to joke about it in the past, and it was like, okay, well, I'm good with this. I'm good with that. And then you know, you look at states like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, where those Zert members, somebody brings something to the table all the time, right? You know, um, Jack, who is going to be on the show um, hopefully soon, he's a carpenter by trade. Okay. So that skill set brings something to the table. Yeah. You know, Dan, he's a he's a comms guy, so he brings the you know the communication when the cell phone towers go down. Right. He's got everybody trained in ham radio. Right. Which is a huge Asset. subculture out there. Um, you have a guy that does um, uh, firearms, Uh, you know, you have a photographer guy out there, obviously, but everybody brings something to the table and they share that as a community. And that's obviously what Zerd is all about. So, 
you know, understanding that, okay, well, I may not bring everything to the table, but I can bring something and then I have the desire to learn more. Right. Um, but that goes back down to having a plan and having the mindset that I'm not going to just be a liability, right? but I'm going to be an asset right. to, to my community. Um, so it starts there, yeah. you know, and, and again, I, I hope that people listen to this podcast and, and maybe they question it at the end, like, okay, would I be a liability mm-hmm. in a situation or would I be an asset? Right. Could I be a first responder to the car in front of me that just wrecked right. and that person now needs a tourniquet applied? Right. Do I have a, a tourniquet? Because they may not, because mm-hmm. they may not be a prepared individual, but you are. Right. And now you have a tourniquet, you have the skill set to apply that and stop that bleed until EMT or right. ambulance arrives. Right. So I think that also the concept you said, you know, of having a plan too, I think for a lot of people, the turnoff can kind of be the the overwhelming realization how unprepared we are. And then once that happens, you're like, oh shit, okay, what do I do? It doesn't always have to be, you don't have to have all the answers at once. I think being able to acknowledge too that you can build that preparedness over an ample amount of time, perfecting a skill as you go. You don't have to have everything figured out right out the gate. Um, and emphasizing that and the aspect of, okay, if you want to focus on the medical side, if you want to focus on the firearm side, if you want to focus on survivalist skills in general in terms of nature and all that jazz, you don't have to be taking like a class a week every single day. You know, right. you can hyper focus on one thing and kind of do it in a checkbox system where, okay, for the next three months, I'm going to focus on this and then I will get to that. But, you know, right. you don't want to overwhelm yourself with too much in the aspect of if it's going to burn you out and turn you off from from making a plan altogether, well, reapproach your approach exactly you know right yeah you don't you don't need to drink from the fire hose when it comes to something like this right you can be methodical with it and surgical and just say okay you know a medical class a, a, a tourniquet class a stop the bleed class a TCCC, whatever whatever it is you can you can take that it's probably going to be a little bit easier to find um, and easier to do you know we're, we're looking at it in a different way here instead of having like one eight-hour class we're looking at doing four-hour blocks, but like you said, you know, it come understand what you want to accomplish first. Correct. With the fact that you will more than likely run into a situation where you will need to use um, medical skills, life-saving skills, before self-defense or firearm skills, that's a great place to place to start. Um, I spent majority of my time learning the firearm side of things and, and, and that kind of thing. And now I kind of realized how important the medical side of it is as well. Like if right. you carry a firearm, you should 100% carry a tourniquet mm-hmm. um, or at least have an IFAC and then also have an IFAC kit in your vehicle right. should you need to use it. Um, the, the bushcraft stuff is, you know, is something that I would love to continue to get into further more than what I've done. And again, all the stuff that I've done has just been, you know, local camping and and preparing and stuff like that. Um, But learning on my own, never actually taking a a class. I would love to spend a weekend in the wilderness with Mm -hmm. somebody. And and I'm not talking a campsite. Right. I'm talking the wilderness where it's like, okay, 
we have to make a shelter. We have to We're figure not out clamping. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love. I love when we go. You know, camping to a to a campsite, and you have everything in the truck that you need. Mm-hmm. But you know, a friend of mine went camping out back with his daughter, and he brought a bag with him. And the whole thing was okay. I can't go inside, even though he could go inside. Yeah. But no, I can't go inside. What I bring is what I need to shake out. Right. You know, and I think that's a great way to shake out your gear. And we talk about that a lot as well. You know, being prepared. And in in the intro, we talk about the gear and training that you need to save your life. So, understanding that your gear should be shaken out and should be tested and used throughout, like throughout the the year. When I go to the range, you know, I will bring my carry firearm and whether I'm training with that or whether I'm training with another one, at the end of the day, I always shoot my training or my carry gun and I will always use the ammunition that's in the magazine to ensure that everything is working properly. Right. It's it's pointless to carry a firearm that you haven't tested. Right. Um, so, you know, that that's obviously one side of it, but you, you know, you, you, bring up a really good point it's you don't have to just take the fire hose and really get all of it break it down make your plan but execute that plan correct and i think also what you said about testing gear i i think one of the things that people forget about is not only just your physical gear but your your embodiment physical gear like in terms of physical fitness in terms of mental strength and endurance um realistically you can have all the tools in the world but if you're mentally not capable of enduring those types of things or physically not capable of it it's just as good as a paperweight as well so you know i'm not going to sit here and say i have the best upper body strength in the world because i definitely don't um but when you think about those types of situations of are you going to have to hold up your body weight is this going to be you know something where you have to have mental toughness to get through x y and z and not even just mental toughness but your ability to calm your mind in high stress situations you know when you're like you said, if even if you're trying to help somebody, you know, that was just in a car accident, if you just saw them get T-boned and they're bleeding and right. you, they're dying in front of you, like you have to be able to calm those thoughts and do what needs to be done. The average person is not prepared for that. We don't go through that on the daily. So, no, I'm not saying like go find dying people and be around them constantly. But right. having that that concept of of preparing yourself mentally to be in high stress situations, how are you going to handle them and are you actually capable of, of doing so? And if right. not, figuring out how. Yeah. And I know that that's a very, very good point. And that goes back to mindset, right? Um, you know, fight or flight is a is a real thing. There was like this wild, I don't know, gif meme, whatever the, whatever the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> but there was like, it was a dark hallway. And I don't know if somebody set this up or not. It was a dark hallway and they put some kind of little creepy doll at the end. And two kids come running around the corner Mm -hmm. and one kid sees it and runs the other way. And the other kid runs right towards it and just kicks that thing right down. You know, and it was, it was, it was, it was awesome. And I loved it. And I think I shared it at one point, but that's that fight or flight. Are you going to run from it or run towards it? Um, And that goes to your mindset. And I'm not just saying to do it um, blindly or, or carelessly, like, Risk if, assessment. Right. <laughs> like if you're going to if if you're the fight kind of person, y- your mindset is made up and you know that your your your, your training is going to kick in mm-hmm. when you need it to. And I think that's obviously very important. Um, you know, one thing we drive home to anybody is, 
you should never stop being a student. Right. You know, you really should seek out training all the time. Um, I'm super excited next week to go up and take this this class in, in New Hampshire. Uh, and even though we put on and we provide training here at Zert, I will always go and take other people's classes because why would you not? Right. I want to fill up my toolbox with as many tools as I possibly can because mm-hmm. those are going to be the things that help me. Right. So, um, you know, that that's obviously the that's the first step, right? So that's the the mindset and and having the plan. When we talk about plan, we've we and we've talked about it in the past. Here is you know, you, you met Dan while you were here, and Dan has a has a a certain plan, and he told me about it, and I was like, okay, and what happens when that plan fails? fails. Yep, you know, um, so. And I, I and I have not had a chance to to kind of reconnect with him to ask him did you did you come up did you pack a shoot did you come up with a contingency plan, mm-hmm. um, you know when I had uh, when I talked to Jamie, he talked about triggers mm-hmm. like there are certain triggers that need to happen in order for him to kind of put his plan in action. Right. So he knows and he's got his plan and he probably has a backup plan, but what gets you to activate that? Right. You know, um, that's something that we're going to be talking about here again very soon is, okay, what are those triggers? What are yours? If you don't have any, you need to put them together. I think there's a lot of people out there that think they're prepared. And they're not. Well, they are until you say, okay, give me your cell phone. And they're like, oh, shit. Right. What? (laughs) There goes that. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. I don't, you know, like, and if, if your plan and that was one of the things I think I challenged Dan to is, okay, if your plan is you're going to get to your significant other so then you can get home. Okay. Well, does your significant other know the plan right. and what to do? Right. Like, do you have a certain period of time where if there is no communication, you need to attempt communication. You still don't get a response. Okay. Now I need to execute a part of my plan. Mm-hmm. So I think that those are important things to drive home to the people, you know, in your area, in your network, in your circle, whatever, whatever that looks like, everybody needs to be on the same page. Absolutely. And you know, that, that could be a simple, okay, listen, it's going to sound kind of corny, but coming up with a, I don't want to say a handbook, but Maybe a guide, a guide no, you know, a right. guideline to say, okay, here's if the, if this happens, if a happens, but B and C don't hold the line, but if a and B happen and you can't communicate with anybody, do X, y, and Z. you do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we just put a lot of alphabet words together, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, um, think about that, put that on a whiteboard, whatever that case may be, again, reach out to your circle, um, you know, and, and have that discussion. When Zert members that are listening to this have their next meet and greet or their next dinner that they organize and sit down with, talk about these things, mm-hmm. you know, have that communication with these members of Zert. We, you know, we've talked about it at length about, Zert being a network of like-minded people right. and they want to communicate and share information. These are the types of things to share. Right. Right. Um, 
you know, we we jumped right into it, and now we'll kind of step back before we get to the rest of it. Is you know, we've known each other for for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I I was involved with Zert, but I didn't I I didn't own Zert mm-hmm. when when you and I Correct. met. Yeah. Um, and you had come on board to help me with some social media stuff for Clark Armory. Right. And then uh, and then I got Zert and, you know, and you've actually helped me with some of that stuff as well. Uh, For anybody listening who does not know, uh, but if you are wearing a couple of the Zert shirts out there, the train hard one, the the prep train repeat and the and the Zert Nation as a as a definition, Kate designed all of those shirts um, and. Uh, they've been a great job. Uh, she did a, she did an amazing job. One of the other things she did, if you all have some new certificates out there, Kate designed those. So uh, thank you for your amazing ability to create some awesome stuff. But with all that being said, Zert has just welcomed Kate into its fold. So you are the newest member I am. today is your first day as a Zert member fresh newbie fresh newbie in the great <laughs> state of texas so anybody listening in texas you now have a new member who is a uh, personal friend of mine so we will welcome her to Zert texas thank you so um but great way to i guess great segue into had you have ever heard of of Zert before outside of you know and it it really was pretty daunting to see the the widespread range and the reach that it has um and that you don't hear more about it especially with you know even before I met you my but wife, you were undaunted yeah I was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know even even before I met you you know Grew up with my dad. My dad was very heavily involved in firearms, and I feel like the Zert community and the firearm community definitely coincide quite a bit. So, you know, not hearing as much about Zert or at all before I met you was really shocking to me just with how big of a group it has. Um, and, and that's to say, even furthermore, how imperative it is that, you know, this dialogue is being spread and shared all over the place. Um as that even with, I think you guys, like you said, you're 350,000 or you guys are international. You've got you right. know, people yeah. all over. Um, even even though that might sound like a lot, there's always more to, to be expanded and grown and, and knowledge to be spread. So, yes, you know, new member in Texas. Hopefully we'll, we'll be doing some, some more stuff in Texas and getting more involved there. Um, well, I'll tell you what I really am excited about with you being involved in Texas is – you may or may not have some ability in um, organizing events. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Zert has had some events in the past, and we we want to do a lot more in the future. So I'm excited about hosting some events in Texas. Yeah. Um, whether it be meet and greets, whether it be, you know, shooting events, whether it be... Um, camping events mm-hmm. but stuff where 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 people people can share the knowledge and you know provide the information that others may be seeking right you know um we have a 
a member in Georgia who's been doing bushcraft for a while and she's got a, her and her husband have a property and they're like, yeah, we would love to host some kind of bushcraft training. You know, you have members in Oklahoma who are well-versed when it comes to food prepping, canning, and, you know, having all of that. Um, One of the things we've challenged people when we do these podcasts is, okay, what are you lacking? Where is your game? Where is your game lacking that, that necessary piece? Right. Right. Um, I think one of the other members said that he was lacking in food prep. Right. Um, you know, now food prep is again, one of those things that you just don't know what to do. Like, do I have a, a, an entire pantry full of, of canned cream corn? Well, that's great, but that's in your house. Right. It, what if you can't get to your house? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, you know, put a, 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 pantry in your vehicle you know like you don't need to have all that but i mean have and you don't even need a lot but we go back to being able to kill an animal and process that animal for food um coincidentally we've talked about this Mm -hmm. food is the last thing that you really need yeah you know three weeks without food and and you can still survive yeah um, exactly. For the most part, water is, is most important, mm-hmm. you know, air, water, shelter, mm-hmm. shelter, depending on where you are at yeah. the time and what, what season it is. Right. Um, but I think it's like three minutes without air, three hours without the right shelter in the, in the environment, mm-hmm. three days without water, three weeks without food. Right. Um, so those are the, the threes of survival. Um, so you know, understanding that is an important part of your plan. Right. Um, so with that being said, uh, now that you're a part of Zert and you've listened to some of these podcasts, heard some of the people on there and now have been part of this, do you have an idea where you want to start? Yeah, I think this is going to be a little stereotypical. I know we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but... I think one of the big things, at least with the audience that I I engaged with the most is from the female perspective of it is very intimidating for a lot of women to get involved in this stuff just because it is it can be very male dominant. And I think that being able to have something that is geared specifically towards women that, hey, you know, like we said, no one's coming to help you. So. whether you got tatas or not really doesn't affect the scenario here. You just, you got to get on that same, that same level, but giving them that, that entry way into this world, into this community where that kind of intimidation can melt away a little bit, I think would be massive. Um, And I I think that also, you know, when you had talked about the community of people that are looking for this information, what are you supposed to do? Hi, the world's ending. Just Google that. What do I do when the world's ending? Like you're right. And I, I, unfortunately I think people that are preparing for this type of stuff, a lot of the time are written off as crazy fanatics because it's like, okay, that's really not going to happen dude. Like, why are you wasting your time? Um, so finding legitimate sources for this type of information can be really frustrating. So I think really promoting and marketing, you know, Zert for all that it is and for the richness of information that it is as a legitimate source of 
if you are genuinely curious about these things, whether or not you genuinely think they're going to happen or not, and you just want to have the skill set, we have this for you, and, and here's where you can find them. Right. More than just, yes, podcasts are great, Instagram is great, Facebook is great, all that's great. But the more that you can have brick and mortar, hands-on, even if it's not necessarily always a class, but simply contributing to building that that spider web network of okay, I know so-and-so lives 15 minutes away from me. I may not be able to get to them, but I know that there's someone else in my generalized perimeter that has the same mindset, has the same skill sets as I do, and and making those connections. I think that just having that as a baseline in general and starting that narrative a lot more is going to be extremely beneficial in a lot of ways. Right. Um, One of the things you brought up, obviously, uh, you know, as a female, and one of the things we may or may not take into consideration, but you know, like single mothers out there, like they have a lot to really think about, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even with having a dog or an animal, you know, I I was always prepared for myself. And I said, well, man, what, what happens if I was ever driving with Stella and she got injured, you know, right. So you're right. And you're a little, and Loki at home, but I picked up a pet first aid kit. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I would love to figure out basic, first aid for a dog now obviously when it comes to children even more right Right. like medication all of those things but it just goes back to you know seeking out that training and obviously you know providing some of that I think one of the points you just brought up is maybe some women out there are intimidated by it Mm -hmm. um and not all we we definitely got some some strong Strong-minded woman, too. Of course. You're not strong if, if you are intimidated. But I think we do also have a narrative a little bit. Nothing wrong with it. But just that concept of, especially in complete homes, of husband, wife, kids type situation, that default falls to the man pretty pretty often. Where they're like, okay, he's the protector, he's the provider. God forbid, though, if husband gets hurt, dies, something right. of that nature – you have to be able to pull that right. weight regardless of whether he's there or not. So, and even if he is there, if y'all are operating on that same playing level, that overall is more beneficial for you and your kids. So I think kind of having that mentality overall of just prepare for the worst, even though you don't want to is so important. And as you were talking about with Stella, like I just, it, it made me think about it. Cause I'm thinking of my dog who's a pterodactyl, just having absolutely no sense of direction whatsoever. That also just comes down to training your animal, right. you know, and the concept of, okay, great. Can I take care of them? Are they going to be taken care of if something goes bad, but are they going to listen to you? Are right. they just going to run off into the woods? Do they know commands from you? Um, we never really, I feel like especially most childhood dogs in the home, you know, they're there to be loved on and cared on and, right. and, and all that jazz. But the preparedness for the animal only works if they're able to reciprocate the understanding of, of what's going on in high stress situations and not just cower. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. Um, yeah, Loki, he would cower, he would cower. (laughs) Um, but, uh, going back to that whole thing about the, you know, the kind of the family unit, uh, one of the classes that we offer is a dynamic team tactics class. Mm -hmm. And, um, even when the instructor was here with me last year and he's, he's going to be on the show with me as well, you know, and, and we talked about clearing this building as a one person, as a one person instead of a two person team. And he was like, this is, this is not ideal. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, the class that we're taking next week, he's coming with me 
is single person CQB, which anybody in the firearms training community always, most people say single person CQB is just, is the worst, you know, like it's the suckiest thing because of what you need to do and, and the potential to the potential you could be facing. Um, I think that level of suck depends on the size of the place that you are operating in, operating in. Um, but regardless, two is always better. Um, and that's one of the things that we drive home for this class, this dynamic team tactics class is it is designed for a team, Mm -hmm. whether it's, whether you're in law enforcement and it's your partner, whether it's your husband and wife team, whatever that case may be, because you're a husband and wife and you get home and your, your child is in the house and you notice that your house has been broken into. Right. Again, if your child's not in the house, don't need to go in, call 911 and wait. Right. But if something is in your house that's valuable, we'll just say it that way. Like yeah. it means a lot to you and you need to do that. You don't want to do that with just yourself. But that's why we try and drive husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, uh, roommates. partners, roommates, yeah. whatever, to take that class because that second person, whether they're armed or not, is still it's still a, a, an extra set of eyes. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's one thing that uh, obviously we drive home. Um, so, it, it, you know, it comes down to understanding what your circle looks like, what your what your people, if you will, yeah. it, it consists of your network. Um, Zert provides obviously a large network on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've we had a town hall live on Sunday. I think you watched some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a bunch of people reach out to us, some outside of the country. Obviously, you know, I think that is a it still blows my mind. Yeah. It still blows my mind when I think about Zert as a global organization right. that has had over 26,000 members in 41 different countries. Yeah. And as as we try and grow that and everybody asks, "Well, you know, like, well, what's your what's your ideal number?" I mean, I would love to see 50 to 100,000 members yeah. globally. Mm-hmm. Um mainly globally because I want to travel <laughs> to places outside of the United States. And what better way to do it when you have a community of people that yeah. you can go and enjoy some, you know, schnitzel in, in Germany <laughs> with and, and whatnot. But um, I think it's, you know, I, I think that's obviously a, a great thing. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see it continue. But the message that I want to get out there is, is that training and that preparedness you brought up what people are perceived as you know yeah prepping comes with a certain i guess um connotation of of what they are uh we we've tried to transition to being a survivalist mm-hmm. i think th- and there is a difference between being a survivalist and being a prepper Absolutely. um you know and survivalism and prepping are both movements and they're both movements that have evolved in time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of understanding what you, what you're looking for and what you want to do and, and making the plan, having that mindset 
and then executing that plan and seeking out what you need. Resources. You know, the re yeah, the resources, whether it be training, whether it be gear, um, whether it be information, mm -hmm. but all of those are available through obviously through Zert, but check with your check with your local people. Right. You know? And I um, think it's interesting, you know, when we talked about the the perceived side of it too, ironically, you know, the past what five years, I think is the most evidence of, oh, well, we never thought that would happen and then it did. You yes. know, so that concept yes. of we didn't think the world would shut down. We didn't right. think that was going to ever, that, oh, no, that would never happen. You know, and I, I also, I say this all the time and I sound like a crazy person when I do. I'm a strong believer that, that you know, Hollywood media movies intentionally desensitize us to these things to kind of create this familiar, fam this familiar feel with it that, oh, okay, like, I've seen this. It, it happens in the movies, but it doesn't happen in reality. Okay, well, how we, we what was what's um not Legion, um with Will Smith and the dog. The movie. Oh, um, yeah. I'm blanking I, on the name. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, everyone do. listening probably knows what movie I'm wow, talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's gonna really that's really gonna bother me. Yeah. Um, but like for example, like virus cities were completely into like granted there were no zombies as a result but right, at, the, right. at the same you know sense i am legend thank you thank you god that was really gonna bother me um that that idea that you, we have people in quarantine and we have families being separated and people are dying and like so just with the past couple of years we've seen that extreme of we never thought it could happen and here we are so how much further can that go right and so what's what's really funny about that and you know eventually i hope to have this this buddy of mine on the show who i was at dinner with when zert came up mm -hmm. and it was the it was the instant i decided that I wanted to to buy Zert mm -hmm. and see what could be done with it. I reached out to you know the owner of the, the friend of mine XP zero zero one. I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, well, it's just kind of you know it's there, it's going, it's just not growing. And I was like, well, you know what? I want to buy it. And when I had the conversation with the guys at dinner, they were like, well, why? And I was like, well, I mean. Bottom line is, and I and I, I I always say it with reservation when I bring up and I stop using the Z word. I stop using zombies and I just talk about apocalypse. Right. The bottom line is, if you were prepared for the apocalypse, mm -hmm. you were prepared for COVID. Exactly. Meaning you had toilet paper. Yep. You had hand sanitizer because remember those were the first two things you couldn't find gone. them anywhere. Yep. Then the next thing you had was ammunition. Mm -hmm. You one hundred percent had ammunition, mm -hmm. and lastly, you had a plan. Right. To use all of that. Yeah. You weren't freaking out. You weren't running to the grocery store at six in the morning so you could get an extra and roll of toilet yes. paper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was looting. And and I think I had even put a post up. I'm like, I have I, I said something about living in my place for a certain amount of time and I had enough toilet paper to last me for for a year. Yeah. Based on the amount of times I went to the bathroom. But it was yeah. like everybody freaked out and it was like, well, you just you freaked out because you never had a plan. You weren't prepared. But that, to your point, yeah, when everyone's like, oh, well, when are we going to see that? Well, when did you think that a virus was going to shut the world down? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and you'd be very, very naive to think that it couldn't happen again. Or that it's not going to get worse. Or, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and, and whatever you believe about it, 
it happened. Exactly. And if, it, and there's a chance it could happen again. Now, granted, if we saw it twice in our lifetime, obviously start yeah. thinking, start thinking bigger, but you know, you, you can't trust anybody, but yourself and, right. and, and the people in your circle, you know, you, whether the government is, is, is who you trust or not, it's, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably not the best, but you know, um, we, we've, we've spent some time talking about some, some great things here. And I, and I hope, you know, anybody that's been listening to this episode has heard Kate's journey and it's, I don't even think that it's a complete journey and I don't even think it's probably, well, and I don't, I don't even really think that it, we, we dove really deep into the journey, but we enough to, to make people sit there and say, okay, well, just like it did to you, I maybe need to start looking into things as far as a plan, a mindset and gear and training right? that will help me down the road. Absolutely. So, absolutely. well, I really, really am glad that you, uh, decided to come on the show today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And Good. it has been a pleasure. And, uh, to all you listening, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Until then, stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.